Talk Show with Eudine Hubbard. We all have experienced the grief of 2020 COVID as well as the Wednesday, January 6th Capitol Hill chaos. You may feel a little unsettled in knowing the sadness of this world while yet still fighting the COVID crisis. If you find yourself feeling a little fearful of what lies ahead, Understanding God's word and Bible prophecy will bring light to what's going on in the world today. Knowing the solution will cancel your fear. As you know, we are living in a strange world of uncertainties. We know you have questions like millions of us do. Now you can get those questions answered. Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you long waited for. I give you talk show host, visionary Eudine Hubbard, along with the Roundtable Bible Scholars, Apostle Alonso Curry, and Dr. Annette Sy. I want you to put your hands together and help me to welcome visionary Eudine Hubbard. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. This is the End Time Talk Show, and I'm your host, Eudine Hubbard. We have a powerful program for you today. And so I want to welcome you to send your questions to endtimeoutreachnetwork.org or you can email them to us at info at endtimeoutreachnetwork.org. So please mute your phones and get ready to be empowered, encouraged, and inspired as our roundtable Bible scholars declare the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your amazing grace and your tender mercies that's at work in our lives today. Thank you for the opportunity that you give to us to serve you and your people. I ask, Father, that you would give your people ears to hear today the word of the Lord in order that we might not miss it, but so that your people will be ready for the rapture. We give you praise and honor right now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So God bless you. I would love to let me introduce our roundtable scholars to you today. Today's topic is the seven churches. And our roundtable scholars would be Apostle Alonzo Curry, Dr. Annette Sai, and Minister Ron Schultz is our special guest today. And Ms. Marcella Codwell will be reading the word of the Lord for us today. Ms. Marcella, thank you for reading the word of the Lord. Let's get started. Thank you so much for having me. Ephesus, Revelation 2, 1 through 7, the church that had forsaken its first love. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Smyrna. 
the church that would suffer persecution. Revelation 2, 8 through 11. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which they say they are the Jews, and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Pergamon, Revelation 2, 12 through 17. The church that needed to repent. And to the angel of the church in Pergamus write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Thyatira, the church that had a false prophetess, Revelation 2, 18 through 29. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. But that which ye have already hold fast till I come. Sardis, the church that had fallen asleep. Revelation 3, 1 through 6. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Philadelphia, the church that had endured patiently. Revelation 3, 7 through 13. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key, the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold thou fast what thou hast, has, that no man take thy crown. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Laodicea, the church with the lukewarm faith. <clears throat> Revelation three fourteen through 22. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Thank you.
Amen. Thank you, Sister Morisella. People of God, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. All right, well, I would like to, um, Apostle Curry, I want to thank you so much for being with us today, and I want to ask you if you would um, briefly, before we go to commercial, if you would just take about five minutes to speak to us concerning the seven churches. Amen. God bless each and every one. It's a pleasure and it's an honor. I want everybody to really take observation of where we're at now. We're not talking about the first century. We're talking about the church now. And and I want everyone to know that as a servant of the Lord is going to minister on tonight, we want you to know that this address is not like the other epistles of, of the letters to the church uh, that was written by the apostle, but this address is very attentive to the angel, the messenger of God, that he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit say unto the church. And this is an apostolic address, amen, and it's dealing with the church and the state now. And so I want everyone to take take inventory, to take assessment, to take an evaluation. And under the Issachar anointing, we must know, according to First Chronicles 12 and 32, that we must know, by the the time and season of what God people are to do. So I want everyone right now, don't be distracted, but let us have your undivided attention as the Spirit of the Lord, as he said by his Spirit, that in the end time the Spirit of God is going to speak expressly of the dress of the church today. Not so much as an organization, but an organism. Not so much concerning brick and mortar, but living stones, lively stones. And as we hear the word of the Lord, we got to know that if the church not built on God, hallelujah, except the Lord built a house, they that labor, labor in vain. We want to make sure by the clarity that's going to be given today that you know what church you're building on. And I pray that you're not building on wood, stubble, and hay. I pray that you're not building your own denomination or personality, but I pray as Jesus, as the chief and commander, the chief apostle, that you will know your place and position today. So I'm glad to be here. I'm a pleasure to be here also to welcome uh, our dear brother Ron. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, man of God, and I really appreciate you. You really prepared us, our spirits, to uh, hear a revelation from God. And Minister Ron Schultz, I want to thank you so much for joining us at our roundtable today. And I want to ask you if you would just take about five minutes to speak on the seven churches before we go into our commercial, please, sir. Well, thank you very much. I want to thank you for having me on your program. It's an honor to be here and to be able to speak into the hearts of those people that are listening. Um, With the stirring of all the events around the world that are happening right now, the book of Revelation is becoming more alive and more interesting to people. People find the book of Revelation a little confusing because they, they try to read it chronologically, and the book of 
Revelation is chronological, but what most people don't realize, it's a series of timelines all expressing things. So you'll read it, and then suddenly it's like I have it, but then it disappears because it's focusing on a series of timelines and emphasizing different things in them. It's interesting, John was given this uh, revelation by the angel that was sent by Jesus Christ, and he said, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So it's interesting, the book is comprised of things that were in the day of John that he actually physically saw, the things that are, that are happening right now in our world, and the things that are going to happen in the future. And in the seven churches, it's interesting that the seven churches have a couple of different interpretations. Some people see them as though there's seven churches that are literally seven distinct time zones, as it were, for the church age. So the first one being the church of Ephesus being the apostolic age, the apostolic age when uh, things were happening, then moving through each one of the church ages, bringing us all the way up to the last church age, which would be the seventh church. That's the Laodicean church, which is the lukewarm church. We'll go into that a little bit later as to what each one of those are. But it's interesting, there's the view that it's a historical account of the life of the church in seven different segments. The other is is that it's a literal, meaning that there are seven literal churches with seven literal things going on that have seven literal problems and solutions. And the nice part about that is, is it's as though Jesus Christ were able to come to us right now, sit in our church, and literally give us a conversation as to the things that are acceptable to him and the things that are not acceptable to him. So technically, we're getting true lifetime, right, real-time advice from Jesus Christ regarding our church, our doctrines, what we believe, what we're doing, and it's pretty exciting when you read it that way. So when I tell people that they need to actually see that um, the churches have varying degrees of what happens to them based on what they believe or what their doctrines are. So for instance, the literal view, the real churches, real problems, real confrontations from Christ, we see how some Christians will go into the Great Tribulation or into a Great Tribulation and others don't. How some Christians are caught off guard at his coming, not being ready. We're also going to see how some of the churches are confused and they'll actually fall away because their faith is fractured. And how some will believe they've missed the rapture altogether and they'll give up. How some stop hearing from God in their hearts and they are lukewarm. How some are, um, are received into glory with all the promises from Jesus Christ. This explains some of the contradictions surrounding his return because churches and those that are in them are going to be, some of them are going to be aware, some of them are going to be confused, and some of them are going to be disheartened. So the seven churches, all seven churches live through to the return of Christ, but not all members of the churches have the same end. That's dependent on our response to the word of God. Factual view. Each church has problems. Each are addressed by Jesus. Each could be viewed as a different denomination of today. We're not labeling anything, but technically that's what it is. Each with different doctrines. Doctrine is important. It's not really taught a lot in churches, and it needs to be. So we're going to touch on that. And each with differing views of what it means to live as Christians. You'll soon see how doctrine really matters. 
I have one more thing that I'm going to quickly say before we go, and that is um, making the seven churches. I want you to listen to these things as though it's personal to you, not just that church, that problem, that solution, uh, that blessing. I want you to hear it as though it's personal to you today as Jesus talks about the different subjects. But I'll turn it over to you. Amen. Thank you so much, Minister Ron Schultz. And we, people of God, this may be a wonderful time for you to call your girlfriend, your husband, or your wife to come on in, bring a tablet, and make some notes because we are in hot topics. And now we are going to go to a commercial, but we will be right back to the round table and hot topics. Witnessing Project, America for Jesus. God is doing something different to rescue souls from the devil's trap, sending God's summons to every door, everywhere, nationwide, through the United States Postal Service. It is 327 million residents in America. God's order, God's soul-winning operation plan is now in effect to rake in a large number of souls before it's too late. God gave the vision, and it is plain upon tables that we, the body of Christ, to, to read and run with it. God gave his divine witnessing publication in the form of a salvation summons. Everyone must be served. Free will and the truth so each person can make an intelligent, eternal decision of their destiny. America for Jesus. Will you chip in $25 a month to help pay for postage? End Time Outreach Network is an IRS. 501c3 nonprofit organization. Therefore, your donations are tax deductible. Call to duty. God is calling. Answer the call. Call 877-352-5181 or donate online at endtimeoutreachnetwork.org. Send donations to End Time Outreach Network Attention Salvation Summons Department, P.O. Box 2073, Spring, Texas, 773832073. Volunteers needed for America for Jesus Project. God has entrusted End Time Outreach Network with his divine soul-winning operation plan. We are looking for volunteers to work in different departments in God's vineyard. It's something that everyone can do from online work to stuffing envelopes. We need your help to carry out God's operation. Go down in God's book of remembrance of being one of the ones who helped to win millions of souls to Christ, soldiers in the army of the Lord. Call 877-352-5181. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for that. So, uh, men of God, Minister Ron Schutz, we are we're ready to hear some more about these seven churches. And so, please feel free to take the next 20 minutes to just minister to us concerning the seven churches. Well, thank you very much. All right, let's quickly get into it. It's a lot to cover and absorb. Understanding that all the seven churches are situations that live in the human race right now. In other words, uh, all the dilemmas they faced back then are the same dilemmas that we face today. And so they're, it's living to us right now. All the problems all the circumstances that are taking place back then are alive in the church today, and the same advice 
Jesus gives applies to now, just like it did back then. So, how Jesus responds to each church tells us how he's going to respond to us. Let the good and the bad of each church, as we look at them, speak to you personally. Let it reveal the temperament of Christ toward you. Now, that's an important part. We are hearing and seeing another side to Christ than what seems to come out in the, in the Gospels. We're seeing the actual temperament of Christ toward Christians and how they believe and how they live coming forward so that we can really understand who our Lord is better than before. Um, we kind of get bent with some of the doctrines that we have touted about in the churches, and we all know what they are. So let's take a look at the first church. First church is Ephesus. I'm going to break these down into five categories. Each church has five categories we're going to look at. Commendations. That's what God is basically saying, I commend you for this. Second one is this problem. What is the problem in the particular church? Third is the solutions and Christ's counsel to them. The next is consequences. If you don't pay attention, there's consequences. And then the last thing that you're going to see for each one of the churches are the blessings that are stated by Christ. So the first church is the church of Ephesus, going to their commendation. This is what they say about it. This is what Christ says about them. I know thy works. I know thy labor. I know thy patience. I want to stop there for just a second and speak to every person that's in service for Christ doesn't matter what church you go to. He knows the real work that you do, all the labor that you do, what you really are all about. He knows that. And I don't know about you, that's really comforting to me, to know that it doesn't go unnoticed. He knows that. He also says, I know you can't bear those that are evil. That's interesting because here we have a church that's intolerant of things that are evil. And today we're always told you've got to be tolerant of everything. I know you you have tried those who say that they are apostles and, and disciples and are not and have found them liars. So they're actually looking into the lives of people that tout different titles and they find some of them to be liars. I know you have borne the burden and have patience. So this is a good church. I think I'm going to sign up for this one. I know for... Uh, my sake, you have labored and have not fainted. So they've learned to push through, persevere. This you have. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. That brings up two things. What is a Nicolaitan? And the second thing is, is we find Christ hating something. So if Christ hates it, I think maybe I should have the same attitude towards it. So what is the deeds of the Nicolaitans? The Nicolaitans basically believe in grace covers everything and I can live as I want to. It's almost like the the spoiled brat of a child that lives and does whatever they want to do and feels as though dad and mom are going to pick up all the pieces in their life. There are Christians out there that basically use and abuse grace to the point of they say, well, I'm saved and it doesn't really matter how I live. I just, I'm going to be in because of grace. Is that a real doctrine or is that just something that the, the church has kind of morphed? Here we find that Jesus is saying, I hate this doctrine, where all of a sudden you're saved by grace, but I can still live any way I want to, and it doesn't impact my life in any way. So those are the things that he commends them for, that they dislike that doctrine as well. The Holy Spirit brings that doctrine up twice in the churches, so it must be pretty important. 
So under the first church, we see that they have a problem. Even though they're very good about all these things, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. That's, that's the big issue here. They love to do all these things. They're a church. They've been successful. They're basically a really great church. But notice his problem with them is, is they have left their first love. Now, I don't know about who's listening, but have you been hot with God and loved him and you've drifted and you've let something take that place, that first love's position in your life? And Jesus is stating, I'm not tolerant of anybody that's going to put me in the back seat. And we all need to know that we have to keep that love alive. So the problem is, is I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. Hmm. Solution, remember from where you are fallen and repent and do the first works. The answer is the same, repent. That means turn from, and you've got to go back to your first love. I remember when I came to Christ, I had to empty all the loves of my life out, give them up, surrender them to Christ, and let him be my first love. When you do that, and don't just add Jesus to your life, when you empty yourself out, then the chemistry of salvation takes foothold in you, and the Spirit of God enters you, and then you have the life of Christ in you to be a Christian. All right. Um, Remember from where you are fallen, repent and do the first works. Consequences, if you don't do this, I will come unto you quickly, that suddenly, and I will remove your lampstand out of its place, except that you repent. Now, the lampstand is literally the building blocks of the church for that particular church. And he says, I'm going to remove the church if you don't return to your first love. And we know, all of us know of churches that they tout that they love God, but Christ isn't the center. And here we see that he requires us that he is the first love of our life. Blessings to this church. This um, you have, he says. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the garden of paradise. The second church we're going to go to. This is Smyrna. Now, Smyrna really didn't have a problem, but they have commendations. Let's listen. I know your works and your tribulations. I know your poverty. And then he goes on, I know the blasphemy of them who say that they are Jews and who are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Those are the commendations that he gives to this church. But here's what he does say. You see yourself as being poor. They had a self-image problem. And it was, but you are really rich. And it's so true. Sometimes we look in the mirror as a Christian and say, well, I'm not like this or I don't have that and whatever. And we see ourselves in some kind of a poverty way and Jesus is identifying them. You are truly rich. I find that great. I don't know how that might speak to you. Their problem, as I said, they have no problem except they see themselves as poor. Their solution, Jesus recognizes their work, their tribulation, their poverty. He redefines their self-image, and that's important. Do you need your self-image redefined by Christ, or are you seeing yourself as the world sees you or labels you to be? Let Jesus be the one that defines who you are and declares to you your self-image. He stated, you're really rich people, 
he encourages them to fear none of those things which they shall suffer and be faithful unto death. Well, that's a tall order, but he says, be faithful even unto death. There are consequences. There are no rebukes that are given to this church. And the blessings, he says this, I will give you a crown of life, and you will not be hurt of the second death. There it is. What a great one. Let's go to the third church. I have to hurry here. Commendations. I know your works. I know where you dwell, even where Satan's throne is. I know you have held fast to my name and not denied my faith, even in the face of martyrdom where Satan dwells. How do these commendations speak to you? This church, Pergamum, their problem. I have a few things against you because you have them that hold to the doctrine of Balaam, creating a stumbling block in what they indulge in even to fornication. You also have those holding to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So he brings up the doctrine of Balaam. This is basically where Balaam um, created a situation for the Israelites where they couldn't be blessed. And you have to be in a place of becoming blessable with God. That means that when you're in that place with God being blessable, he can bless your life. But if you get out of that blessable spot with Christ, he can't bless you. And Balaam said, if you'll dress your women up so that the Israelites will lust after them, and you do this and you do that, then I can't bless them, then God can't bless them, and then they're out there without the blessing of God, and they feel God abandoned them. Too many times people are living their life where they can't be blessed. They don't come under the umbrella uh, where they're able to be blessed by God. If you do come under that umbrella and you live a life to be blessed, then God can embrace your life, pick you up, dust you off, and set you in a path again that you need to be on. Their solution was, Jesus said, you have to repent. Consequences, if you don't repent, I will come unto you quickly. I will fight against you, he says. Now, that's a crazy thing to think. It's one thing to be fighting against um, the devil and to be standing against all the, resisting all the other things that are evil in the world. But here you actually have God that you're fighting against because you've gotten on the wrong side of things. Blessings to him that overcometh I will give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone with a new name written which no man knows except he that received it. Now, I don't know about you. Um, when I think of a reward being a stone, i like, what? What's this for? But when you look into the actual what is the white stone and what does it represent, it's really interesting. Because back in those days, they didn't give you like your piece of paper if you were a slave and you're set free, that here, carry this piece of paper around and everybody will know that you're free. They, he would actually, they would receive a white stone. Once they're set free, they receive a white stone. They present that white stone, and it's a stone of freedom. So technically, he's saying, when you're obedient, I will give you your freedom. You're no longer a slave to any kind of a subject. You're my property. I love that. You belong to me, and you're going to have proof of it in this white stone that I literally give you. The fourth church, which is Thyatira, 
Uh, this one is a little bit strange, and I'm going to read this out of the Bible. Uh, actually, I don't have the time, so let me quickly go through my notes. Commendations. I know your works. I know your love. I know your service. I know your faith. I know your patience. I know your works. And the last, to be more than the first, he says. This is what he says. These are the problems that I have with you, Thyatira. I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and indulge in things sacrificed unto idols. Now, we won't name names as to which church this might represent today, but we do know that the spirit of Jezebel lives in churches today. And Jezebel, when you, there's a real good study on all these. I'm really just touching the tops of them. But Jezebel basically was married to the king, and she controlled the king. Um, so he was the king, but the power behind the throne, as they say. And she had wickedness in her heart. And there are churches that are being manipulated, and people are being brought into idolatry, and they actually are displeasing God in that. Quickly, I'll move on. The solution, again, I require you to repent, God says, Jesus says. I will give unto every one of you according to your works. So it's an individual thing. Notice he didn't say your intentions. He says according to your works. Uh, I'm going to read that right out of the Bible. And King James, and I will kill her children, he says. Uh, with death, this is verse 23, and all of the churches shall know that I am he who searcheth the minds and the hearts, and I will give unto every one of her according to their works. Not intention. We all have good intentions. This is according to our actual doing. You're rewarded for your doing. Your faith is a dead faith without action or works. That's what James says. Uh, blessings. And you interrupt me if I run over time here, okay? Um, consequences. He says, uh, to them involved in this false doctrine and this woman Jezebel, I will cast them into great tribulation, except they repent. So here we see a church that goes into great troubles, great tribulation because of their doctrine and following and allowing this uh, false doctrine of Jezebel to actually rule in their church. Blessings, he says, he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. I will give him the morning star. I want to speak to this real quick morning star. A lot of the new Bible translations have misinterpreted morning star to be Lucifer, and it's actually in there. Um, now, the original does not make Lucifer the morning star. Jesus Christ is the morning star. So not for those of you that are reading some of the newer translations and are confused. Jesus Christ is the bright morning star. Blessings. Um, he basically will give you that. Let's go on. Fifth church real quick. Sardis. Commendations. I know your works. You have a name that you live. Now that's really an interesting term. Um, Sardis says, I have a name that you live, but, he says, thou art dead. So here you have a church with a banner that says, living church, 
and lo and behold, there's it's death inside. The people aren't connected to God. They don't have the spirit of Christ living inside them. They're just they have a title. They have a lot that's going on doing, but they're not really alive. There are churches out there that are like that. I'm sure all of you can re- relate to that. Problem: You have a name that you live. You offer life, but you are really dead and have not found your works perfect before God. The solution: Remember, therefore how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. The word repent means to turn all the time. Consequences, if you don't watch, I will come unto you as a thief. Here's a church that actually is going to have Christ come unto them as a thief. And you shall not know what hour I come. Here's a church that's not even going to understand when he's going to be coming. I will blot out your name out of the book of life. Now, that raises a doctrinal issue for some people. Um, It literally means that Christ can erase a person's name out of the book of life. You have no future life. Um, Consequences of bad doctrine, living wrong, and not obeying, look at that. It's right in black and white. Your name can be removed. Blessings. There are a few names that have not, there are a few names that have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same will be clothed in white. I will not blot his name out, and will confess his name to the Father and his angels. So your name is not removed, but there is a chance with wrong doctrine, wrong living, that your name could actually be removed from the book of life. Quickly, the Philadelphia Church. This is the sixth church. Commendations, I know your works. I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut that door. That's really cool. There's opportunities he sets before us, and no man can take that opportunity from us. I know you have little strength and have kept my word. I know you have not denied my name. He knows these things. I will make those of the synagogue of Satan to come and to worship before you your feet, and to know I have loved you. That does not mean that you're going to be worshipped, just that they come and worship in that church. Because you have kept my word um, of my patience. These are his commendations. Problem? No real problem in Philadelphia. Solution? Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have, that no man take thy crown consequences there are none blessings these are the blessings because you have kept the word of my patience i will keep you from the hour of temptation that's really cool the hour of trouble which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth him that overcometh i will make a pillar in the temple of my god and he shall go no more in and out i will write on him the name of my God, and the city of my God, which comes down from heaven, I will give him a new name. That's a wonderful thing. Last church, quickly, the Laodicean church. Commendations? Um, There aren't any. That's a sad indictment, isn't it? Here's a church that their self-image is that they are wealthy and that they're doing everything right. But just like the other church that thought they were poor and Christ had to redefine their their self-image as though you're really rich. This one it thinks they're rich, but they're actually poor. 
Problem, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. Because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. What a funny term. Because you say you are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and know not that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, Now, spewing you out of your mouth means that he will not rebuke you, not give counsel to you, not speak to you. You're basically lost when God stops communicating with you and helping you and encouraging you or even disciplining you. Solution, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. That means your faith put to circumstances that you're tested, that you may be rich and white raiment that you may be clothed, and the shame of your nakedness does not show. That means that there's only one thing that gives you that white garment, the blood of Christ. That's the righteousness that we get. So they're not even covered under the righteousness of the blood of Christ in their lives and in their souls. Anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you may see. And that means that your heart's in the wrong place so you see the world in the wrong way. Consequences, I will spew you out of my mouth. No longer reprove you or counsel you or talk with you. No further fellowship results would be your lost. Blessings to him that overcometh. I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Hallelujah. Brother, thank you. Brother Ron, Minister Ron, thank you. Glory to God. People of God, hear the word of the Lord. Now, this is a time where we're going to take that Selah moment and just meditate on these things. And we have uh, music for you. We have a meditation time. So let's just hear walk around heaven. Glory to God. We'll be back. One of these mornings It won't be very long You're gonna look for me And I'll be gone I'm going to a place Where I'll have nothing Nothing to do But just walk around Walk around heaven All day When I get to heaven I'm gonna jump and shout Now be nobody Oh, 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 oh. 
together and walk around, walk around heaven all day. and for your loved ones. 
you can call us right now at 877-352-5181 and tell us you want God to hear your voice under open heaven. God is listening. Apostle Alonzo Curry is leading us in prayer Monday and Tuesday nights on the prayer line. Dr. Anat Sai is leading us in prayer Wednesdays and Saturdays. And we acknowledge pastors who bring their congregation to help build mass voices unto heaven. Join us. You want to be in this number. Hallelujah. Well, Minister Ron, you are truly blessing us. And I want to ask you if you would just take this last seven minutes and give us a takeaway of all the information and beautiful things that you have showed us and revealed to us concerning the seven churches. If we forget any of it, please share with us what's one thing that's super important that you want to make sure that we don't miss. Well, thank you. There's an awful lot of information to try to cram into uh, a short program, but I think the takeaway, the biggest takeaway of all is each person, it is your life to choose how you live it and your will of choosing how you live your life before God has consequences and it has rewards. It's not that we're trying to live somebody else's life. It's your life. It's your decisions. It's your opportunity. It's ours to be able to do the very best we can for Christ. And the reward is there on an individual basis. It also is important to, to realize that each of these churches, they all had a call of God. They all had the same commandments that Jesus gave. They all had the, the Beatitudes and, and the do's and the don'ts. They all had opportunity. They all have the Holy Spirit. But they have different outcomes and they have different doctrines that they sat on, which either, like, just it's a gray area, attitudes of how to follow Christ varied. And the consequences were really different. So we saw that some churches, they're not, they're going to, Christ will come as a thief in the night to them. Others, it says that they'll have troubles and even the great tribulation caused by God because of the doctrine that they sat under and believed in, and, and that's sad. And others walk into an eternal reward, great. So it really has to do with what doctrine you sit under, and it really has to do with what you do with what you know. Uh, good intentions won't get it done. Um, the world's filled with good intentions. I mean, goodness sakes, I have the bucket list of all the things that I want to get done, but I have to prioritize which are the things that are the most important to prioritize what really matters in the big picture. So the seven churches are actually Jesus Christ's temperament towards Christians on every level. And they, he has narrowed it down to seven churches, but there are thousands of churches, and it's hearing a temperament from him 
as to what he really views, um, certain sins, certain wrong teachings, and what the consequences can be. The nice thing is, is the rewards are fabulous. When you look at the promises that are given there, um, we, each one of us, have the ability to be sons and daughters of God. That's huge, people. I mean, that's worth giving up everything for. If you realize that and let that live inside you, you are owned by God. You are a son and a daughter of God. You've been given that opportunity. It makes the troubles trivial. It makes the, the, the standing into situations much easier so that you're able to, like, say, I really belong to God and I'm willing to, like, stick it out and make this work and really do the right thing. It's interesting that integrity seems to be melting away from our nation and our world, but it's sad to say that integrity seems to be melting away from Christians as well. And I think there's a line to be held here. If the Laodicean church is the last church age, what an indictment on the last church age that they think that they're rich, that they're doing all this stuff. And in the end, he says, depart from me, for I don't even know who you are. He spews you out of his mouth. Now, I'd like to think that it's our choice what church we're living in and what we're believing and doing. But it is a sad indictment when God spews you out of his mouth and he doesn't even reprimand you anymore or come to you and, and talk to you and you've seared your conscience because you keep doing the, the same wrong thing over and over and over again finally the Holy Spirit stops dealing with you on things and you no longer get that little thing that you feel like wow I, I, I shouldn't do that so this is a wake up call and uh, I know there are people that probably have a hundred questions because it brings up an awful lot of things so um, my takeaway is is that I challenge each one of you, read these scriptures, read each one of the churches and see how do you line up with what Jesus is saying. Have you left your first love? Have you let Christ actually cool to a second position in your life? Maybe you're, you're more in love with your children or you're more in love with your career or you're more in love with your checkbook or your address where you live or, or you're chasing other things. Only you know those things. Your neighbor might not know. Your spouse might not know. But God knows exactly where you live inside. And he desires and requires truth on the inward parts, as King David said. Um, so my take is it's an individual walk. Make it the very, very best. Now, I do, if it's okay, I'm going to just give my website. You're welcome to go there and ask me a question if you want to. It's basicbiblefortoday.com. You can go there if you'd like to. Um, we'll do our best to answer any of your questions. And uh, I want to thank you for having me on your program today. And uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you. God bless you, man of God. Thank you so much, um, Minister Ron Schultz. You have truly blessed us today. We are honored to have you with us. And of all things, most of all, I'm so thankful to be a daughter of God. That's very important. Thank you so much for that takeaway. And family of God, 
we are going to come back and we're going to answer your question after this commercial. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Eons Marketing Club with Benefits. If you are a business owner or church and want to take your business to the next level, your marketing search is over. Eons Marketing Club Benefits can save you thousands and put a big smile on your face. Being a Marketing Club member allows you to relax and enjoy your business with less stress. Imagine all of your graphics and printing needs being either free or discounted. Enjoy a truckload of benefits, just to name a few, free consumer's directory ad, free coupon ad, free marketing counseling, magazine articles, no month-to-month cost, just one annual fee. Call 877-352-5181 and bring convenience to your fingertips. Eon's business sponsorship program with outstanding benefits. Tap into a truckload of benefits for your business. Imagine never having to pay for business cards again. Imagine having your business on a billboard. Imagine promoting your business to the largest customer base there is, Christians. We have donation packages affordable for all businesses. End Time Business Patronage Program patronizes businesses who sponsor our urgent needed cause of winning souls. When entrepreneurs donate to End Time Outreach Network, we send customers to your business to shop. Smile because End Time Outreach Network picks up the tab. The program is designed to be a win-win blessing to your business and giving free gifts to people in our networks who are sponsoring the America for Jesus Project. Your donations help us to reach our goal faster of mailing a salvation summons to every home in America. When you donate, it's a win-win blessing. We send money back into your business. End Time Outreach Network is an IRS 501c3 nonprofit organization. Therefore, your donations may be tax deductible. Call 877-352-5181. Those who stand with this mission will be blessed. End Time Business Patronage Program, helping businesses throughout patronage program. The billboard truck is a tool used to fund the Salvation Summons. When you donate into the gold or platinum plan, we thank you by promoting your business on Eon's state-of-the-art LED mobile digital billboard truck. This is our way of saying thank you. Amen. Thank you, family, for being with us today. And thank you for sending in your questions to us. And at this time, um, we are going to take your questions Ms. Marcella, would you please read the question? Certainly. What's the difference between hell and the lake of fire? Okay. Dr. Sai, would you please answer this question for us? Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, the difference between hell and the lake of fire uh, as of course, we know that hell is a temporary uh, place. Uh, yes, it has fire. Yes, it has flames. Uh, it's a holding place until you go before the great white throne judgment and where you will be sentenced. 
to the second death, which is the lake of fire. So the lake of fire uh, is a permanent place, and uh, that's what we really need to understand. Once, uh, you know, you never get out of the lake of fire. Uh, it is a place that burns with fire, flames, and brimstone. The Bible talks about fire and brimstones. Uh, the lake of fire uh, is a lake of fire, uh, not water, but fire. Can you imagine instead of water, a lake without water, but it's fire in its place? And so, uh, again, the lake of fire uh, is not a temporary place. It's a permanent place that you will live and be there throughout eternity. The lake of fire, again, is a lake of fire. Uh, the Bible says, and death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. That means the lake of fire is huge. And the Bible says, for those whose names were not found in the Lamb's book of life was cast mean to be thrown into the lake of fire. Again, the difference is one is temporary, one is permanent, one has a stronger, uh, harsh judgment. Uh, when I say your sentence, when you go before the great white throne, uh, some is going to be whipped with little stripes, other with big stripes based on what they did in their sin level. So God is the righteous judge, and he's going to judge. Uh, everyone going to have a sentence uh, into the lake of fire, and how high that fire is, uh, how uh, bad your your sentence is, everything is going to be uh, put together in the lake of fire. God bless you. Thank you so much, woman of God. And um, we just want to remind you, um, you know, in case you may think that your family members or someone that you love We'll, we'll miss the rapture. We want to remind you that in time outreach, that we have a step-by-step guide of what to do if you miss the rapture. It's a manual, and this book will give you and your family hope, and it will encourage encouragement to make the rapture. Once you read this book, you will, your life will be changed. Your mind will be made up to make the rapture. And the truth is that if you're listening to this program and if you are not a Christian, you will face horrible things unless you place your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ. The only hope we have is in Christ Jesus. Without him, we are hopeless. Now, Alonzo Curry, Apostle, man of God, I know that there may be people on this line who have not made Jesus Lord of their life. And I want to ask you if you would lead them in the sinner's prayer. Amen, God bless you. My heart is just melting like butter as I heard the word of the Lord, if you, hear, if you don't hear another sermon again, if you don't hear another message of teaching, I want you to know that, that Noah preached 120 years, 120 years, the long-suffering God. And out of 120 years, he only had one door. And I want to say to those that say there's many ways of getting to God, there's only one way. There's only one way, and that's Jesus is the door. Amen. So, Father, we just ask that every heart that's touched by the masses, let them confess today. 
day, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation, oh God. So I'm asking everyone to confess with the word of the Lord right now. Jesus, as I come to you right now, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Savior of the world. And I believe that you died for all humanity. Jesus, I believe you are the only mediator. I believe that you are the only advocate. I believe that you're the only attorney that's able to set me free. And you say, this day, O oh God, call upon you, and you will answer, and I will be saved. To believe in my heart and confess with my mouth in the death, burial, and resurrection, and I shall be saved. I believe you are the only answer. I believe you are the only way. And I confess right now your name. I confess right now your blood. I confess right now the finished work of Calvary, and as an answer of a good conscience toward God and man, I receive in my heart, and I confess, and put a seal upon me today that cannot be broken. I ask, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. Apostle Alonzo, and I want to welcome you to the family of God. Now, next Saturday, our talk show topic will be the millennium. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for information and guidance that you set before us today. Lord, thank you for such a talk show as this. Lord, help us to take what we learned today to prepare ourselves for your return. Help us to witness to others. God, I thank you for your special soul-winning operation plan and the ability to help with the postage donations to send salvation summonses to every home in America. This gives every household a chance to accept you, Jesus, and be saved. Touch the hearts of the people and open their understanding to your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, our goal is to win more souls than ever in history with the short time that we have to work. Our witnessing T-shirts allow us to win more souls. We're offering free T-shirts when you refer people on the talk show or on the prayer line. Pick the free T-shirt style of your choice from our T-shirt collection on our website. Lots of great humoring witnessing t-shirts to choose from. Now please join us on the prayer line where we're praying for our nation seven nights a week. 
tune in next Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time for another talk show with hot topics. Please feel free and be welcome to send your questions to endtimeoutreachnetwork.org or call us at 877-352-5181. Thank you for listening to today's talk show where we are reminding the saints Soon and very soon, we will be going to see the king. This is no longer just a saying. It is reality. Are you ready for the rapture? Are you rapture ready? <laughs> <laughs>